right, thanks, Scott Shannon, and thank you for being with us. Write down our toll-free telephone number. We'd love to have you join us. It's 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of this program, and uh, a lot to get to today. Now, there is a full-on effort by the Democrats, led by Pelosi, to pretty much steal the seat of Congresswoman Marionette Miller-Meeks uh, now, by the way, sworn into office, there was an there was an election, there was a count, there was a recount, there was a voter certification that took place. Uh, her opponent, the Democrat, never wanted to take the case to court. Why? Because even stated, yeah, we're likely to lose in court. We can't take it to court. I'll take it to Nancy Pelosi. We'll stack the deck there. And there's and Nancy, I will play all of this later in the program today. It's pretty unbelievably remarkable. All part of what is the biggest attempted power grab, ending the legislative filibuster. Uh, they want a Democratic majority in the Senate in perpetuity. They that's what D.C. statehood is all about. That's what uh, Puerto Rico statehood is all about. Uh, that's what the border surge. Don't believe anybody else. The Democrats will offer something of great value and worth. It's called amnesty in exchange in the hope that people will that get this great gift will then vote Democrat for generations to come. That's all real, too. And in the meantime, we're watching more craziness, more madness unfold at that border. I I, I, I can't even come up with the accurate adjectives to describe how bad this is. Beyond a humanitarian crisis, beyond the national security crisis, you know, as we reported yesterday, we are catching known sex offenders that are coming across the border again. We also have people on the terrorist watch list. We're catching them, too. Border Patrol is being so overwhelmed as they continue to build out Biden's cages for kids that the cartels. The human traffickers, the drug traffickers, well, they're taking full advantage of this, knowing that it's much easier for them to be involved in their nefarious activities because all of the resources of Border Patrol agents are now being used in these facilities. You know, for, for all of the talk, Biden again talking, urging, you know, lecturing about COVID and about the need for governors and mayors and draconian shutdowns and masks and social distancing, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm like, no, no wonder they they've they've tried to keep the media out of these facilities. No wonder they put a gag order on Border Patrol agents. No administration ever put a gag order on border officials from talking about the problems, the things that they're seeing at the border. Thank God these senators went down in the final days last week. Senator Ted Cruz, Senator Cotton, Senator Lindsey Graham. I mean, there were 18 of them. Senator Ron Johnson, they all did a great job. Senator Lankford. Now we have another contingent. There was one House contingent led by Kevin McCarthy. They went down to the border. Now we're seeing, I, I mean, the worst conditions you got a humanitarian crisis. That's obvious. Then you've got a national security crisis. That's obvious, too. Then you've got wide open borders for the for the cartels, the human traffickers, even those trafficking young women into prostitution. Then you've got the drug dealers. Ninety percent of our heroin crosses that southern border. 
We're losing 300 Americans a week. That's the opioid crisis and the fentanyl crisis. Most of the fentanyl makes its way into this country from the southern border. It's wide open now and all these other areas. All of this caused by Joe Biden. Joe Biden, he's the one that ended the stay in Mexico policies. He's the one that told the the illegal immigrants, come seek asylum while I'm here. And they're even saying that's why they're coming. They're not hiding the reason for making the perilous journey. And some people are even dying. And we have reported incidents, high incidents of rape and sexual assault and violence and intimidation of the by the cartels and the gangs and the coyotes and the human traffickers and and literally bank routing numbers found in the pockets of people that make this perilous journey with a with a veiled with a serious real threat either pay us the money as soon as possible or we're going to go make a visit to your family back in el salvador nicaragua uh that's all real too and you know the, the last on the list but it's not something to sneeze at is the high cost of all of this on you, we, the American people. We, we really cannot afford all of this. I mean, if, if we have a million people by June, maybe two or three million by the end of the year, that means housing, that means food, water, health care, education. We saw the case out in San Diego. You know, the, I mean, they, they've been trying to hide all of this. They tried to get senators to delete the videos and the pictures that they took of these facilities, as we saw in the video with Senator Cruz, trying to silence a United States senator. It's his home state. This is his job, and he's doing his job. And they tried to stop him from videotaping. And in in the middle of a pandemic, these kids at at some facilities over 1,600% capacity you know, kids laying on their side on the floor with these tinfoil blankets, whatever the hell they are. High rates of positivity for COVID. Then they're taking kids, not even testing most of them. And then they're shipping them out all around the country, like in the case of San Diego, which we were telling you about yesterday. Where, you know, we have San Diego public schools. Yep, guess what? They're, they're teaching these undocumented unaccompanied migrant kids from Central America in person. Meanwhile, at the San Diego Unified School District, kids whose parents pay taxes, live in San Diego, their kids haven't had in-person education for an entire year. Now, as a result, San Diego teachers have been given the option. They can teach the undocumented, really illegal immigrants, kids in person instead of Americans, They're given the option to do that. Our teachers have been asked if they're interested in working at the convention center site as opposed to work sites they're assigned to. Okay, well, how much is this going to cost? Because I know Biden, what, allocated $87 million just for hotels. That's just the tip of the iceberg. It's going to be housing. It's going to be food, water, medicine, health care, education, The country, we do not have the resources to do all of this. We don't have it. And it's but it's an open invitation. And then we got the big lie behind it all. We're sending most people back. That's a lie. They're letting everybody in. I'll play a report later in the program. Senator Langford said, no, everybody's getting in. Nobody's being turned away. And 
what, what we got rid of, let's see, the stay in Mexico policy. Joe gives a engraved invitation to come, lied about that in interviews in his one little press conference. We'll have another one, I guess, in 100 days from now. Um, but these guys are saying, and we're seeing this this unmitigated health care disaster, and now we're we're literally moving the disaster into the other 50 states. Border Patrol expects a million illegal immigrants by June or July of, of this year. I mean, that's a lot of people. Well, Biden border czar Kamala Harris refused to attend a border briefing. White House will host a bipartisan briefing for members of the House of Representatives on Wednesday to update them at the situation in the U.S.-Mexico border. According to an invitation that has been picked up by the mob and the media, two sources familiar with the meeting, Homeland Security Secretary, who should be fired, Mayorkas, Health and Human Services uh, Secretary, will be in attendance, uh, but Kamala Harris... Guess she's busy calling world leaders and doing the rest of Joe's job that he's incapable of doing, looking as frail, weak, confused, confounded, and struggling cognitively as he is. You know, but and then even gets worse, by the way. And you know, in at the K. Bailey Hutchinson Center in Dallas, they're not even letting Governor Abbott's, you know, child protective services to check in on these kids. Now let me tell you something. If any American ever ran a daycare facility that looked like the cages that kids are living in down in Texas, if you ever ran a a daycare facility that looked like that, let me tell you, you'd be brought up on charges of child abuse and neglect and reckless disregard for the health of these children. So we have these kids now that now San Diego, they shipped them out to San Diego. Now the educational resources, well, it's going to be better. You're going to get better learning opportunities if you came in illegally from from Central America than you will if you're a taxpayer or the child of a taxpayer of San Diego. And on top of that, just to add an insult to injury here, Fox 5 San Diego reporting 82 illegal, illegal migrant children that are being housed at San Diego's convention center have now tested positive for COVID-19. Well, where's the teachers unions being upset and scared and nervous and concerned about the health of teachers? I have yet to hear from the teachers union on that part. Anyway, it's apparently a rapidly spreading infection there, but it's not just San Diego. It's going to be at least the, the 48 states. I'm, I'm not sure they're going to be shipping these kids to Alaska or Hawaii, but 48 states, they're, they're going to be sending these kids all over the country. And you, they're going to now stress even further overburdened education systems and, and the housing market. And, and on top of that, well, you know, the, the, the adults are going to start looking for jobs because they got to pay back the cartels that illegally helped them enter the country. And they got to get that money fast. So now that we're in the middle of a pandemic, Joe's still calling for draconian shutdowns because he totally they butchered the rollout of the vaccine since he's been president. That means you're going to have illegal immigrants willing to work for next to no money, which means that supply, demand, crisscrossing, you know, increasing the the price of things. But the wages are going to be insane. 82 of 750 migrant kids staying at the San Diego Convention Center tested positive. Unbelievable. 
Now, by the way, um, super contagious and deadly Brazilian COVID variant turned up in San Diego. Now it's even worse. That's the one that people have been most afraid of. The Brazilian variant and the South African variant. San Diego joins 18 regions now nationwide that have reported cases of the Brazilian coronavirus variant, which has the ability to reinfect people that have already been infected by previous uh, COVID-19 variants, the first variant, I guess. Record numbers of deaths recorded in Brazil in March and places that have experienced the worst outbreak in in recent months, the South uh, American uh, nation is the death toll, you know, has now surpassed 300,000. I mean, they're struggling all over Europe and shutting everything down in Europe again. And what is, you know, AOC who was there screaming and, and, you know, when Donald Trump was president and, you know, out there making insane accusations against Donald Trump, you know, accusing this of being a fascist presidency. They're running concentration camps at the border. Now she's saying, no, 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 this is not a surge. These are all children. White supremacists are calling it an invasion. Wow. What a couple of years can do. Now she's smearing those that believe in the law. Now, Congresswoman Ocasio-Cortez, you are a lawmaker. If you don't like the law, I'm fine with that. Then go through the process of changing it. You seem to have more power than the current Speaker of the House. If you take charge of that, I would imagine that the results will be pretty good. We've got a lot of news to get to today. Where do you hear... How much money is going to be coming out of your pocket to pay for all of this? These taxes that they, oh, we're only taxing the rich. That is total bullshit. Total, complete bullshit. Notice I said shift. Oh, thanks for being with us. Uh, well, Biden's Pentagon diversity chief has gotten the boot after comparing Donald Trump to Hitler. Oh, there we go. I guess that was not politically correct. Uh, didn't stop a lot of other people. Um, this is now taking a toll. All of this chaos, mayhem, insanity at the border on Joe Biden's approval ratings. Only 34 percent of Americans approve of this this madness. But Biden is trying to be politically correct. He is now because in the statutory language, the word illegal alien is used. Now, Biden is set forward his priorities, denying that there's a crisis at the border. But the crisis apparently is with the proper terminology in a woke world. And he's removing the word alien from the policy manuals to encourage more inclusive language. He did take that step. That's where his priority is, not the kids on top of each other with COVID in the middle of a pandemic and now shipping them out to other parts of the country and granting amnesty. That has nothing to do with anything. All right, 25 to the top of the hour, 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the uh, program. By the way, only in New York. New York, the socialist utopia of New York, California, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Michigan, good grief, Oregon, Washington State. Anyway, 42 million people uh, who live in countries south of the border now say they want to come to the U.S. 42 million. Democrats in New York Senate and State Assembly have now proposed a $2.1 billion plan to offer money to undocumented workers 
and the formerly incarcerated undocumented workers, meaning illegal immigrants, they are reportedly close to reaching a deal with Andrew Cuomo. I mean, this is almost as bad as the other story from New York when they put a cop killer on a how to reform uh, policing efforts with the community. A cop killer, convicted cop killer. Only in New York. Of course, there's, you know, no bail. They arrest you, they let you go. See, you don't have to pay bail. They get back right out back in the action if there's if there's a riot that the media and Democrats won't call a riot going on. Circle back Jen Psaki defending teachers giving in-person lessons to illegal immigrants, undocumented, let's see, unaccompanied minors from Central America in the San Diego Unified School District. While the parents of children that live in the district and pay taxes have not had such learning in a year, this is circle back saying context is important. Does the White House think that this sends the right message to these 130,000 kids in San Diego and their parents who've been stuck at home for the last year? Well, I'm just saying that context is important. And these kids are going back to school uh, for hybrid learning. We, of course, want that to be five days a week, and we're confident we'll get there early next month, and I believe they're also on spring break right now. So these teachers are would be, I'm not sure if it's volunteer or paid, you'd have to ask the local school district um, while the kids are on spring break, which I think the context is pretty important. Context, the kids in San Diego have not been in school for in-school learning for a year. 82 kids already testing positive that have been moved to San Diego. Where are the the teachers unions on this one? AOC is saying anyone who uses the term surge about the border crisis is invoking a militaristic frame, she went on to say. Very different as we compare her comments from just going back two years ago. Marsha Blackburn, Senator Tennessee, actually made this observation. She actually was, you know, we know there's 87 billion uh, million dollars now allocated for hotels for illegal immigrants coming into the country. This is the tip of the iceberg. It's going to be 100 billion and then 200 billion. You just watch the cost skyrocket because the numbers are astronomical of people that are crossing that border illegally. And they're not enforcing the laws. All they're doing are building more cages for more kids that keep coming across the border and everybody else. Anyway, that plan, apparently, she, she broke down the cost of family of four $284,000. The Biden administration, $87 million just, through, just for Texas. At a, a, a nonprofit called Endeavors for hotel rooms near the border to provide temporary shelter. And processing services. And by the way, they're putting people COVID positive in a lot of those hotels. Unreal. A uh, reporter from Forbes magazine published some stunning new footage of the U.S.-Mexico border this week showing the children, adults walking into the United States being released within hours. In other words, the opposite of what Joe Biden told us during his press. No, most of them are being sent home. That's a lie, Joe. Stop lying. Anyway, I'm here at the Texas border. This is one of the underground processing areas that has been set up under a bridge. This is where families are actually coming 
and unaccompanied minors just show up during the night. James Langford put out this video. We'll play some of it later. They go through the basic screening. If they have a child that's six or younger, when all these folks are released into Texas within a couple of hours, all, all of these folks released into the United States with a notice to appear at court. We already have the answer. 90, 90 plus percent don't show up for their court date. I mean, it's pretty obvious. New Mexico rancher Biden gave migrants green light to breach the border and enter the U.S. You can't put it any other way. I would argue that if you ever ran a daycare center that looked like the children in Biden's cages, you would be arrested. For the inhumane conditions there. You'd be arrested for child abuse. And the threat to children that you're creating. Then they're just, you know, reproducing this and just, you know, every state now is going to have to absorb this population and the cost involved in it. Talk about an unfunded mandate, which is pretty unbelievable to me. I don't know. And you can't say it's it's a crisis. Fort Bliss overflowing. I mean, it's all over the country now. Texas Rangers had to save a six month old baby thrown from a thrown. From a raft. South Texas Special Ops Group of the Texas Rangers saved a six-month-old baby tossed from a raft into the Rio Grande. Good grief. Why are they making this perilous journey? Well, when we ask them, they give you the answer. Joe Biden invited us. We're doing it because Joe said to come. Joe said, if you're seeking asylum, come. That's what he said. And we have the evidence. So we have the proof of all of that. Um, let me move on to where this is now headed, because there's a lot to unpack here. Um, by the way, your State Department is going to spend two and a half million to create an office of diversity, equity and inclusion. Uh, but anyway, the um, Democrats appear to be torn on Biden's pledge to bring bipartisanship. He's not bringing bipartisanship. He hasn't even called Mitch McConnell, who he lied again and said that Mitch McConnell, no, no, I'm in regular contact with him. That's not true. How do we know? Because we actually checked. None of that is true. Um, you know, now we're getting to a point. So you got three trillion infrastructure funds that, Bi that Biden is going to spend. This is after the two trillion emergency COVID relief, which really was a big blue state bailout. And and basically the uh, we'll give you money. Help us get reelected fund of Joe Biden. And only six hundred and fifty billion, it turns out. Of the nearly three trillion in infrastructure bill funds, roads and bridges. That's it. In other words, only a small fraction. Washington Post reported the proposed package, citing anonymous sources familiar with the plan: three hundred billion for housing, four hundred billion for the elderly and disabled care, three hundred billion to revive manufacturing. Well, well, where's the where's the bridge building and the fixing the electrical grid and everything else money going? I mean, because it's an awful lot of money. If you break it all down, it's a lot of wild spending. The amount of money in the economy now has grown exponentially in recent years, and now it's really growing. Now, they're going to tell you, in as Biden announces $4 trillion price tag, uh, 3 to $4 trillion, and tax hikes are 3 plus trillion dollars they're going to say no 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 this is we're only going to tax the rich okay let's think this through 
Let's go over this. Now, remember, the bottom 50% of wage earners pay no federal income tax. Right now, top 1%, top 10% pay over 75% of the bill. 10% of the population pays over 75%. And so you look at it that way. Then you're going to ask yourself, all right, well, they're going to have all these taxes. They're going to have corporate taxes. And we know we're all going to pay more at the pump because of Joe Biden's energy policies. By the way, the, the higher the energy costs are to fill your gas tank, their logic is, well, that, that means we get to say, well, it's a, little, it's a lot cheaper if you get our electric cars. Okay. Um, a lot of people don't want the electric cars. But putting that argument aside. So they're taking away high-paying, six-figure paying career jobs with specialized skills and just telling those workers in the energy sector to go get other union jobs. All right, what's the result? What's the predictable result? Well, you lower the supply of energy available worldwide. The the need for energy remains constant, which means the price is going to go up and it's going to go up exponentially for us because now we're importing our energy, the lifeblood of our economy and the world's economy from a lot of countries that hate us in the Middle East. And so we're all going to pay more at the pump, more to heat our homes and cool our homes. That's a tax hike. Now think of everything you buy when you go to the store. When you go to your grocery store, I like to go grocery shopping. I know people think I'm crazy. I just like it. I go every week, do my own grocery shopping. I like to go. I think the cost of oranges is very high. You get 10 for 10 bucks, but they're the best oranges I've ever had. So it's kind of worth it. Really liked them a lot. And, uh, you know, I, try, I, I, I like to go... I just like to do it. Been to, let's see, two Walmarts and a Target recently, too. like to go, though. Those stores have everything. If you go to, I went to a Super Target, one of the biggest ones I've ever been in. A Super Walmart's just amazing, everything they have. And I walked through it. I'm like, I need this. I got to get this, too. I'm going to grab this. I like this. I think I need new pots and pans. That's how I think. Anyway. So all these taxes are going to get into place. They're going to raise the top marginal rate, corporate taxes, et cetera. Now, Ask yourself, you, everything at every store you go to, your grocery store, your drug store, your liquor store, everything you buy to eat, everything you buy to wear, how does it get there? Well, usually truckers bring it, right? Without trucking, this country dies. Great truckers in this country. Okay. Now, they got to pay more for fuel. Do you think they're going to get paid less for trucking? Hard job? No, they're not going to get paid less. They're going to pass the cost on to the consumer. Corporations are going to watch the taxes go up. They're rich corporations going to pay their fair share. Sounds great. Well, what are they going to do? They're going to make less money? Does that mean their profits, they're going to allow their profits to be cut in half? No. They're going to increase the cost of the products they produce or the, the services they're offering. That's going to be passed on to you, too. And the idea, everything you purchase will now cost more because of these policies. And the other thing that's going to happen is rich people that I know, I've gotten to know a few rich people over the course of my life. I never, I really don't know people, know that many people that were born rich. Now, their parents might have been rich, but usually the parents don't end up giving the kids as much money as you think. I don't think it's a good idea to give kids too much money myself because I think that that you're robbing them of the natural purpose of life, which is that everybody needs to 
produce, provide goods and services for other people and, and to find their talents and bring them to fruition and and the the personal satisfaction, the confidence, knowing that you did something yourself, not that, that something was given to you. It's my own personal belief. That's how I've lived my life. I've been financially independent, no lie, since I'm 10. My father used to complain, you treat this like a flop house. And he's right. I used to come home late working at restaurants, two in the morning, even when I was 12 years old, 13 years old. And then if there's anything in the refrigerator, I ate it or I took my money and I bought my own food at the deli or the pizza place, wherever I felt like eating. I always had money in my pocket. I'd love to have money in my pocket. My friends were always jealous I had money in my pocket because I worked for it. Anyway, so they're going to pay for all of this. What do you think is going to happen? Who's going to, what do you think is going to happen here? Because, okay, they're going to spend all of this money, crumbling roads, bridges, infrastructure, electric car charging stations, clean energy sources. That's Solyndra time on, on, on steroids and human growth hormone. They're going to raise corporate rates 7%. They say they're going to get $730 billion in 10 years by raising corporate rates. Corporations are not going to take less money profit, I'm telling you. You're going to pay that. We're all going to pay that. They're going to raise the individual tax rate. Make 200 grand a year, 40% goes right to the government. They're going to put a global minimum tax on U.S. companies, foreign sub- subsidiaries. Well, what are the corporations going to do? Again, they're going to pass that cost on to you, that tax hike on to you. Then they're going to tax capital gains. You, you pay taxes on money. You invest that money. And if you make money, then you got to pay more money in taxes. And then when you die, you pay another. They get another bite at the apple. Another 50% of your money goes to the government. And if Bernie Sanders has his way, it's going to be 80% of your money. New Social Security taxes, $730 billion. A minimum uh, tax of 28% on the wealthy. Well, what do you think the wealthy are going to do? We know what they're going to do. They're showing us right now. The model has been set. They're leaving high-tax states like New York, California, New Jersey, Illinois, Illinois, and droves and going to low-tax states. Now, if they raise taxes high enough, well, you're going to see a lot of people move their businesses overseas and maybe even move to other countries. You think, um, think that's not a possibility? I think it is. I want to remain the United States of America, greatest country on earth. But if you make it impossible through bureaucratic regulations for businesses to prosper and compete internationally, you're forcing people to make decisions they don't even want to make. All in the guise of wealth distribution. Then we're going to have, of course, this, this minimum guaranteed wage of people. Who's going to pay for that? All right, Hour 2, Sean Hannity Show. Thanks for being with us. 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of this program? We'd love to have you. Uh, That simple man, Leonard Skinner, only means one thing, and that is all things Bill O'Reilly and BillOReilly.com. Mr. O'Reilly, sir, there's not a crisis at the border. We never, ever had any riots over the summer whatsoever, and... uh, Let's see. One, two plus two does equal five. This is the world we live in. Yeah, it's getting a little spooky. Um, I had my producers <laughs> a little. I think yeah. we're past a little, Bill. Well, you know, I'm I'm 
confident that there's going to be a backlash against this. Uh, I have my producers on BillOReilly.com do a uh, exhaustive research on the Trump administration's problems with migrants crossing the border. It's fascinating, and I don't think anybody's done it. Um, The first two years, it was a catastrophe. Um, There were these thousands of people, you remember, you reported on extensively, coming up from Central America, joined by Mexicans and sieging the border. And then when COVID hit, uh, I think it was a brilliant stroke. The uh, Trump administration said, hold it, uh, we can't let anybody in, got to seal the border down. And if you want asylum, you have to wait in Mexico. You can apply, but we're going to adjudicate and we'll call you if your case is got validity. That stopped it cold. That stopped it cold. So then when Biden uh, took office, he knocked that out without explanation. Did you hear an explanation, Hannity? I no, I, what I heard is him lie to George Stephanopoulos when he said that I, I never told people to come. We have the tape, Bill. If you'd like, I'll play it again. I played it on radio and on TV. No, I understand. Uh, there are three big things, though, Bill. Number one, he invited them. Well, actually, four. Number two, he ended the stay in Mexico policy. Right. Number three, he stopped border wall construction. Trump had right. made great progress with that 450 miles. That's a lot of progress. And four, he brought back catch and release. And unfortunately, and well, I'll even add a fifth, and he started building his kids in cages again. And there are varying kinds of cages, plastic cages, uh, real cages. Then, of course, the cargo shipping container that nobody's been able to get in that we're putting kids in. But they tell us there are butterflies on the wall, Bill. And you see these kids sleeping on top of each other in the middle of a pandemic. And then they're being shipped around the world, uh, all around the country, rather. And you see in San Diego, they'll get illegal immigrants, undocumented people and children unaccompanied will get in-person learning in San Diego in their school district where the kids whose parents pay taxes there have not had the opportunity to send their kids to school for a year. That's fair, right, Bill? Simple man alert, Hannity. Simple man alert. (laughs) Simple man. I'm being simple here. Ready? Ready? Why did Biden do this? Why? I know why. Go. Simple answer. Republicans have wanted, never wanted to stop illegal immigration because they wanted to appease uh, big business donors to them that want cheap labor. The Democrats want it because they give this thing, it's called amnesty. That's something of great worth and value, Bill, if you come from Central America or Mexico or many, frankly, over many parts of the world. And their hope is that when you give something of great worth, that you will then vote in perpetuity for the rest of your life, hopefully generational, uh, for the Democratic Party. That's why Republicans and Democrats never solved it. Biden didn't say that. He didn't say, I'm going to open the borders and encourage people to come in here by having lax enforcement uh, and actually giving some migrants cash. I don't know whether people understand that, but in certain sectors in Texas, if you get here and the Border Patrol deems that they can't hold you, they give you $1,200 in cash to go where you want to go, or you get on a government-funded plane and you go where you want. So... Biden, the president of the United States, does all these things by executive order. He doesn't pass comprehensive immigration reform in Congress, doesn't debate it, doesn't do anything. Just tells the Border Patrol, the Justice Department, this is what you do, all right? And that leads to millions of people trying to get in here. 
but Biden never says why he did that. So I go back again, simple man alert. Who is this helping? Is it helping the migrants that are drowning in the Rio Grande River? Is it helping them who are raped by the cartels who charge every migrant money, thousands of dollars, to get across the border? Is that helping them? Is it helping the people of Texas, New Mexico, Arizona, and California? Is it helping anybody there? Is it helping the American taxpayer already under siege by government taxation? Is it helping the working people of America? Who is it helping? Helping no one that I can see. Not one human being is being helped by Joe Biden's policy. Yet he struts around like he's St. Francis of Assisi. <laughs> All right. Like he's the most noble guy on the planet. Hey, Bill, I'm going to tell you some other things. There's other things that he's doing. When you raise the corporate tax, Bill O'Reilly, simple man analysis, uh, corporations really are not going to pay that tax. The cost no. of everything we purchase will Absolutely. go higher. Every service we have will go higher right. uh, by him firing all the energy workers, all the people that work in the energy sector, which he's doing in the name of the new green deal and, you know, callously telling union workers, these are high paying career jobs. Now go get other union jobs. Well, we're in the middle of a pandemic and those union jobs don't exist. Then the next thing is, well, now, because we're no longer energy independent, that means we will pay more every time we fill up at the pump uh, when we heat our homes and cool our homes, Bill O'Reilly. So all of these new taxes that they say are only happening to the rich, they're going to happen to all of us. Now, well, it's even worse than that. So right now when we're talking on national radio, Joe Biden's wrapping up his speech. I thought we were just talking privately. You mean this no, no, is on no. the radio? Millions of people, Hannity, because of your <laughs> charisma, because of your ability, millions of people listening to us. All right. So right now, as we're speaking, Joe Biden's wrapping it up in Pittsburgh, telling people, because I got advance on a speech, there's going to be creating hundreds of thousands, perhaps millions of new jobs. That's what he's doing, okay? New jobs for everybody. He did the same thing on January 20th, and you'll remember that. You covered it, all right? When he shut down the XL pipeline, he goes, hey, don't worry about all these people losing their jobs on the pipeline. They're going to have green jobs, all right? New jobs are going to be available to them. There'll be better jobs. Again, my producers at BillOReilly.com did an exhaustive search. We could not find, and it's now the last day of March, one new green job, not one that has been publicly Bill, announced. It, it's it's Cylindra on steroids and human right. growth hormone. Let me let me move to another topic because I'm very curious your, to get your take on this. You know, I I had fully planned to tell everybody. I've kind of I kind of been telling people that I'm inclined to get the vaccine now that I've become eligible as of last week. Uh, you shared with our audience that you had gotten the vaccine. Uh, you're much older, so you were like second in line. Um, kidding. Um, but uh, I don't think I'm going to tell anybody anymore. I don't like the idea of a COVID passport. I believe that that should be a personal decision between patients and doctors. I believe in a concept called medical privacy, Bill. Um, okay. Now, if now, if it means I can't go to the ball game, even if I wear my mask, if it means that I can't go to a concert, even though I'll wear my mask, um, I, I, I just find it invasive. And well, I here's what's going to happen. 
You want to know what's going to happen? I okay. want to know what's going to happen. All right, here it is. Government can't mandate any vaccination passports. That, that's not going to happen anywhere at any time. It's unconstitutional. You can't do it. You have medical privacy. You're protected under the Constitution. So anybody that thinks that the government's going to say you've got to have a medical passport, that's not happening. Private business, however, can ask to see, because when you get the vaccination, you get a card that certifies you've been vaccinated. I have the card. Everybody who is vaccinated gets the card. So if you are a restaurant owner or a concert venue, you can ask to see the card in the name of public safety. You are not going to be violating the law for doing that. So just as you said, people who don't want people to know what their vaccination status is may have to forego some private venues. It will be up to the individual people who own those venues. You know, I, I guess it's going to be one of personal decision making. Um, you know, I, I just feel like, for example, did you notice when they were pressuring Congress? Well, why has not every congressman and every senator gotten the vaccine? Now, there are people like Senator Rand Paul, who happens to be a medical doctor on top of being a senator, uh, had COVID-19 as the natural antibodies. And by the way, even though the antibody levels we now know after a period of time begin to wane, well, you still have unseen, unmeasurable T-cell antibodies. And this is his personal decision that he is making in consultation with himself as a doctor, and I, I would assume his own personal physician. Um, why are people being shamed into doing something that that maybe would not be in their best interest according to their doctor for whatever reason whatever maybe underlying health issue they may have uh, or potential reaction to a vaccine that they may have you know people have very complicated medical conditions bill o'reilly even though i would never tell anybody i mean i'm not ever going to tell anybody they should get vaxxed and you don't have to Nobody can force you to get vaxxed, so if you don't want to... And well, what if it means you can't go to a baseball well, game? I know you like to go to baseball games and concerts. I do, too. That's uh, the if, inconvenience you'll have to suffer. Um, but you don't have to. Um, and I think it's outrageous that anybody would scorn you. But if a uh, restaurant owner or a Major League Baseball team wants that kind of assurance, they have a right to do that. Did you notice the WHO is now covering even further for China? Yeah. Now, what really the, the biggest evidence to me that China knew is that if you lived in China outside of Wuhan province, there was a travel ban bill. You couldn't travel to Wuhan province. Exactly. If you lived in Wuhan province, it was you were not allowed to travel to other parts of China. But you weren't allowed to travel from Wuhan to the rest of the world. That tells me that the Chinese communist government knew damn well how bad this could be. And they protected themselves and they unleashed this on the world. And the WHO, you know, is basically that we are funding again, thanks to Joe Biden, is protecting in the propaganda arm of the communist Chinese on this virus. And they have been from day one, Bill. Well, for you socialists living in America who want the government to call all the shots, you should pay attention to China. Because once the Wuhan thing became established and Beijing figured it out, they not only uh, issued dictums, they sent the army down. And if you tried to get in or out of Wuhan, they shot you. So there you go, socialists. That kind of government, is that what you want? All right. 
where they tell you what to do, you don't do it, you get a bullet in the head, or you go vacation with the Uyghurs out let there me, in uh, western China. You let know, me just say this to you. What? One thing you said at the very beginning today, and I agree with completely, there's, there, there already is a building ba- ba- uh, uh, backlash to all of this radicalism bill. Coming the up. energy policies, the border policies, the the reckless spending policies, the blue state bailouts, the lying about COVID relief funds when only 9% is emergency COVID relief. It's a big blue state bailout. Now the massive increase in taxes, the massive increase for energy costs. Uh, I can see a swing that will be potentially historic in 2022. And I think Republicans actually, for once, are doing a few things that are right. I, I really did appreciate that the senators went down to the border and that they would not be intimidated. And they brought out footage that the media was unable to obtain. We're going to talk to two congressmen that are bringing a contingency of, of members of Congress down this week. Uh, in a minute, right after we say goodbye to you. Um, and I'm, I'm glad that America now sees what it, what this socialism, radicalism is, is going to be. Not yet. It's coming. And the um, tipping point will be, I think that Biden will get some of his tax increases passed. And that will, I believe, constrain the economy by the end of this year. You're going to have that... So- COVID surge of spending, consumer spending. But then, November, that, the corporation's going to start pulling back, laying off, moving stuff overseas. They're going to start to do all that. When people feel it in their wallets, that's when the backlash will come, and they're already feeling it, paying more for a gallon of gasoline directly at Biden's doorstep. That will be the tipping point. All right, all things BillOReilly.com. Bill O'Reilly, sir, thank you. We appreciate you being with us. Look forward to your new book coming out. Bill O'Reilly, thank you. 800-941-SEAN, our number. Quick break, right back. All right, 25 till the top of the hour, 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. Now, we've been telling you that the Texas governor is now demanding that uh, his child protective services have access to these undocumented, unaccompanied minors that are in the K. Bailey Hutchinson Center and in Biden's cages uh, that he's now building, uh, you know, every single day. They have over 1600 percent capacity in some places. We've been showing you the videos every single day on Hannity. You see these images. There's been nothing done to date. It is taking a toll on Biden's presidency. Only 34 percent of Americans, after finally seeing the truth that they tried to prevent us from seeing, uh, now approve of his handling on immigration. That number will go lower. Um, Now, the Biden administration, their priority is not to get down to the border and stop the national security crisis he created to stop the, the covid crisis he's created to stop the financial burden that you, the American people, will be paying for for a long time to come. No, he wants the word alien from policy manuals removed. Encourage more inclusive language. Okay, I guess, is that the priority? Because he's yelling at all of us to wear our masks and socially distance. And you see kids on top of each other, a high rate of positivity of COVID positivity down there. Uh, now we see a backlash growing as San Diego teachers. We now know that 
They've not had in-person learning for kids in the San Diego Unified School District for now for a full year. But if you're an unaccompanied minor from Central America, you will have in-person learning in San Diego. Does that sound fair, considering the people that live and pay taxes and work in San Diego, uh, that they have not had those services now for a full year? Now, they're also not testing people for COVID, and they're sending them all around the country and all the other, uh, all the other costs associated with this. Every single person now, and they're estimating $2.5 million by year's end, and that may be on the low end when all is said and done. They expect a million people to illegally enter this country, facilitated by Joe Biden and his invitation, by June. That's what we're expecting. Uh, we now saw $87 million put away just to put illegal immigrants in hotels, even those that are COVID positive, there's no further checkup. They're not even processing many people, but then they're shipping them to other states. Now, with all these images of kids on top of each other in these cages that Biden is building, well, where are the compassionate Democrats that were complaining in 2018 claiming that Donald Trump put kids in cages. Turned out those cages were built by Biden and Obama. Donald Trump ended putting kids in cages. Donald Trump enforced the laws of the land. Here's the real Speaker of the House, uh, the squad leader, Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Listen to her comments and her justification for, for this horrific, inhumane sight we see down at the border. This is not a surge. These are children and they are not insurgents, and we are not being invaded, which, by the way, is a white supremacist idea, philosophy, the idea that if an other is coming in the population, that this is like an invasion of who we are. Often people want to say, why are you talking about the border crisis? Or why aren't you talking about it in this way? Well, we're talking about it. They just don't like how we're talking about it because it's not a border crisis. It's an imperialism crisis. It's a climate crisis. It's a trade crisis. And also it's a carceral crisis because as I have already said, even during this term and this president, our immigration system is based and designed on our carceral system. It's actually Congresswoman called law and order. If you want to change the laws, you can change the laws. That's that actually would would be under the purview of your job description. Now, House Republicans following their counterparts in the Senate, but they were actually down there first when Kevin McCarthy brought a, a contingent down there. They're they're going down. Uh, Congressman Brian Babin of Texas, he's the House Border Security Caucus co-chair. He's leading more than a dozen Texas lawmakers, House lawmakers, on a three-day trip along the border. And, by the way, also joining us is Representative Mark Green, congressman from Tennessee, who is with, uh, who's with CB uh, Border Patrol officials tomorrow to witness the crisis in McAllen, Texas. We've been down there. We've had our investigative cameras down there. Uh, Congressman Babin, Congressman Green, thank you both for being with us. Congressman, this is your home state of Texas. We're showing the images every night. Ted Cruz has done a great job of exposing all of this, even though they tried to silence him and shut him down and make him erase the videos and the pictures that he had taken. No question about it, Sean. Great to be with you. And thank you so much for shining a light on this horrible problem. Uh, that other uh, media outlets just simply do, do not do. Uh, and leave it to AOC 
to come out and take uh, a border crisis that is uh, created by the president and the, the Democrat rhetoric and, and, and bring in racist, racism into it or bring in imperialism into it. Uh, and it is incredible to see that. And the true Marxist ideology that she and, and many of these Democrats have it just shines through, I think, very much so. But currently, I'm, I'm talking to you, Sean, from the Creso Springs uh, Unaccompanied Children Facility. Uh, and uh, we have traveled uh, from, uh, uh, from McAllen and from uh, Port Isabel uh, all the way to uh, Laredo. We've seen the Donna facility that, uh, that uh, Senator Cruz was in. And now we're here at Carrizo Springs, and we have seen some of the things that are absolutely unbelievable, much worse than we would have ever uh, ever imagined to begin with. Uh, and we, the, we we were told immediately when we got into the Donna facility a couple of days ago that we couldn't have we couldn't take pictures, uh, and yet we just simply we just simply told them that we're going to take these pictures, and we did. And so I think the, the sharing these uh, photographs with uh, with the media has absolutely uh, made a uh, the, the facility in Donna is now allowing media into uh, and so that they can see uh, you know and get this out to the to the American people uh, because we are simply not getting the truth out of <clears throat> President Biden and his administration. Uh, they are absolutely not 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 telling us the straight poop. Uh, and it is an unbelievable situation that the American people absolutely have to know about so that they can make a judgment call. And I predict that in 22, they're going to pay a big price at the, uh, at the ballot box. And uh, as a healthcare practitioner, and I know your other guest is my friend uh, Mark Green. He's a physician. I'm a dentist. Uh, seeing uh, here we are being locked down continually, especially in the blue states, and having to social distance and mask up. And to know that uh, that there's a five to ten percent uh, COVID infection rate in some of these uh, initial uh, outlets like the Donna facility, and they're being released into the public, uh, fanning out into to, uh, uh, our, my state of Texas and all across this country, uh, it is unbelievable the hypocrisy that we're seeing uh, by this uh, by this administration, uh, and uh, quite frankly, it's it's just a a, a miss carriage of justice, a disservice, a, a breaking of the of their oaths of office to keep our national security and the safety and, and, and health of, a, of the American people uh, and continuing to do this and not acknowledge that this is a true, not a, a, a crisis, but a really developing into a catastrophe. And as we continue our coverage of this unmitigated disaster at our southern border, uh, Senator Marsha Blackburn rightly pointed out family of four. That's two hundred eighty four thousand dollars to put people up in a hotel. This is real money already. Eighty seven million dollars allocated just for hotels. Uh, but then we see that these unaccompanied uh, minors are being put into the school district. So from my way of thinking is that based on Joe's invitation, ending stay in Mexico policy, stopping border wall construction, uh, bringing back catch and release, then they're putting these kids in cages for weeks at a time and then putting them on buses and transporting them to states like yours. Is your state ready, capable of handling the influx of illegal immigrants? And what is the cost ultimately going to be? I assume we have to provide housing and food and health care and education uh, for everybody that uh, crosses that border illegally. 
because they're not stopping anybody. Joel lied to George Stephanopoulos when he said the opposite. Yeah, that's right, Sean. It is a huge cost. I mean, thanks for having me on, on the show. I was just at the Donna site this morning talking to the leadership there. Each one of the pods that they have there is $16 million a month, and they have two pods active right now housing 3,989 kids. They're, they're built for 250. Um, but the cost to us just for those facilities is $16 million a pod, and there are pods all across the southern border, two, two at that facility alone. And the costs are well beyond just taking care of the migrants. You, you know, you think about with the CBP agents processing these, these uh, unaccompanied children, they're not out there manning the border. And what that means is hundreds of criminals as a part of the cartels are crossing the border, bringing narcotics into the United States. They've seized already, uh, and this is from the Donna site that I got this morning, 55 pounds of fentanyl, 872 pounds of cocaine, uh, 120 pounds, of, uh, 1,200 pounds of methamphetamine. All that's going to cost us because that's crime inside the United States. It's people getting overdosed inside the United States, taken to emergency departments, and other costs that are sort of hidden into this. This morning, while we were at the Donna site, 14, in two hours, 14 people had to be taken to the emergency department. Now, those, those, that's a payment that has to be made, and then that's <clears> happening <throat> all across our southern border. So the hidden cost of this, you were right in your monologue at the beginning. We're talking billions of dollars. I mean, I'm not sure at this point that anybody in the Democratic Party either seems to care uh, you know, for all the lectures we get, uh, Biden this week again calling for more draconian shutdowns, lecturing us daily about mask wearing uh, and social distancing. You know, what, what part of applying those standards to the border um, am I missing here, Congressman uh, Babbitt? Well, you're not missing anything. I, I, I can tell you that the, the cartels have absolutely been empowered. Uh, they are making money hand over fist. Uh, it's estimated that, uh, you know, they're, they're making a half a trillion dollars, uh, going to make a half a trillion dollars a year. Uh, and, and again, I'm at the Creasel Springs facility, but I was at Donna the day before yesterday. And uh, as, as uh, Dr. Green just said, uh, it's, a, it's got a capacity of 250 people currently. Uh, at least two days ago, there were 5,700 uh, individuals in there. Uh, it's incredible to see uh, what is happening there. It's a humanitarian disaster. Uh, the, the crime possibilities, uh, possibilities of terrorism, uh, the public health uh, absolute disaster that this is uh, happening in, in our country and, and in danger. While, like you said, while, while we're locked down, uh, they're releasing these COVID patients uh, into the public. And uh, so I, I can tell you this, uh, that the American people absolutely have to know the truth. And again, I want to commend you, Fox News and several other, very few uh, other uh, uh, news uh, outlets uh, that are telling the truth and forcing uh, the information out there because and try, we try to get through the smoke screen and the gag orders that are coming out of the, uh, uh, out of the uh, Biden administration. The situation is much worse than, than I even imagined here in my great no. state. And I have visited with DEA as well. I've seen the, the amount of drugs. Uh, yesterday we were in uh, Laredo, 
and saw the, uh, uh, I think there was uh, over a ton of marijuana being pulled out of a tractor trailer that had been welded. That, that's time. where heroin's coming from. 90% of the heroin in this country. That's where fentanyl's coming in. Um, well, we're going to follow your trip down there. I want to thank you both, Congressman Babin. Thank you, Congressman Green. Thank you as well. And we won't stop uh, because we need to get to the bottom of it. Now, at the top of the hour, by the way, Nancy Pelosi is literally trying to steal a congressional seat that a Republican in a close election won. It, there was a count. There was a recount. There was a certification. And Nancy Pelosi and company are trying to to unseat a duly elected Republican congresswoman. Now, Congresswoman Marionette Miller Meeks will join us as will Kevin McCarthy. We'll talk about that. We'll get to your calls. Final hour coming up. Quick break. Right back. All right. News Roundup Information Overload Hour. 800-941-SHAWN. Our number. We'll get to your calls. Final half hour of the program today. We've been we've been staying on top of a story. And it's amazing considering, well, any Republican that questioned the fact that laws were not followed, particularly as it relates to the election, uh, even though statutory language allowed for partisan observers to observe the vote counting, right? Um, we Well, that never happened in any of these states. They didn't make any, they, they made no provisions whatsoever to account and abide by the law. The partisan observers watched the vote counting. We saw that in every state. Uh, we see that there was, a you know, two different uh, standards as it, as it relates to voting in the state of Georgia. One, which was very lax, mail-in voting. You didn't need voter ID, and they didn't do signature verification within the state database. But if you voted in person, you needed voter ID. You needed to have the state database verify your signature. Now they're fixing that in Georgia. They fixed it, as a matter of fact, earlier this week. We saw the Pennsylvania Constitution completely ignored because the Constitution is unambiguous in saying that you can only vote by mail in the, under these very specific circumstances. Well, that Constitution was not followed. They never went through the process of amending the Constitution, which is what they need to do. Then we saw laws in states like Michigan and Wisconsin uh, broken time after time. We told you about the Chief Justice in that 4-3 decision. The dissent was a stinging rebuke of four justices on the Wisconsin's uh, Supreme Court that wouldn't follow the law of the state of Wisconsin as a brutal takedown anyway. But if you contested, if you brought up any of these legitimate issues, of course, you were labeled a right wing conspiracy theorist. You're being canceled. You're being shut down, silenced, being called crazy, whatever. Uh, well, believe it or not, the election is still going on. And here it is, March 31st. This is uh, Iowa's second congressional district. It's the district of Congresswoman Marionette Miller Meeks. Now, she won by six votes. Was it a close race? Obviously. Every vote matters. We tell you that every election. Okay, there was a count and there was a recount and there was a certification. And Congresswoman Marionette Miller Meeks was voted, was, was sworn in to be the congresswoman from Iowa's 2nd Congressional District. Well, now we have had an effort of House Democrats that have a narrow majority, 219 seats, compared to Republicans, 211 seats with five vacancies. Uh, and now there's been a push by Nancy Pelosi and other high-ranking Democrats that they want to intervene, and they would like to 
to put the Democrat, the opponent of Congresswoman Marionette Miller Meeks, well, they would like to actually remove her from her seat, override the election results of the people in Iowa's 2nd Congressional District, and put in Congresswoman Marionette Miller Meeks' opponent, Democrat Rita Hart. That was the closest congressional election in the nation. But at the end of the day, there was a count, there was a recount, there was a certification. Anyway, Congresswoman uh, Marionette Miller Meeks joins us. Congresswoman, I'm very sorry you're going through this. Well, thank you so much, Sean. And you just uh, uh, really uh, uh, hammered uh, the head of the nail. So this is a partisan political process. Uh, We won on election night. We won uh, on the 24-county official canvas. And then there was a recount with a bipartisan three-member recount board in every county. And our opponent then had the opportunity, if if they were concerned about any uh, election results, after it was certified by a bipartisan executive council, three Republicans, two Democrats, unanimously uh, certified, our opponent could have taken this to the Iowa courts, and Iowa law could have decided uh, if there were any irregularities uh, that needed to be explored. Instead, uh, as our opponent said, she had to take it to Congress uh, to get the results uh, she needed. And their attorney, Mark Elias, uh, has actually said in his response to the uh, to the committee uh, in Congress that um, that the committee should use its full discretion to depart from Iowa law. That tells people everything they need to know. It's not state election law. It's not the people of Iowa. It's disenfranchising 400,000 voters to get the result they need and depart from Iowa law. Okay, so all of this, though, was brought up in the, in the interim period between election day and the day that you were sworn in congressman the well actually the leader of the house of representatives for the republicans minority leader kevin mccarthy has been supporting you he joins us as well uh kevin great to have you back uh congressman i'm watching what's happening here and i would use the word this seems like nancy pelosi and company are trying to steal this seat will they be successful do they have any chance of being successful well, Sean, you're correct, and they, they stole one before, um, back in 1985. It's called the, the Bloody Eight in Indiana. And what's happening is Speaker Pelosi is doing things I've never seen happen before in the House. First, she did the proxies. Now she's taken in this new Congress. She took the minority rights away for us to even offer amendments. She changed and removed members from Congress from their committees, never done before in Congress. And now in this contested race, you know what they did? In America, we believe you're innocent until proven guilty. They have now flipped that on their heads. They're telling Congresswoman Mariette Miller Meeks she has to prove she's the member of Congress, even though it's been counted, recounted, and just as she told you, went to a bipartisan election board. That's what the election board is there for, and all voted unanimously to seat her. The only reason Pelosi is doing this, one and only reason, they have the smallest majority they've had in more than 100 years. They want to pass the most socialist agenda. You see it time and again. You see it with the tax increases, what Joe Biden has put forth today, the Green New Deal. You watch what they did when they called it a COVID bill with less than 9% going to COVID. The schools wouldn't get two-thirds of that money for until 2023. It was all about rewarding the blue states that they care most about, changing the system. That's why she's doing it, because we are going to take the majority. And But what's worse about this, I'm sitting in Iowa 2 District right now. 
those people gave their voice. They have a right to seat who they believe want. Well, if they're now claiming that they've, quote, all of a sudden identified at this late date 22 voters in the 2nd District that voted legally, but their ballots were not included in the final tally because of an election worker error, uh, why wasn't that picked up in the recount? Congresswoman, I guess that's a better question for you, uh, because you had the count, you had the recount, and then you had the certification. And isn't it the state that certifies elections and not Congress? Exactly. It's the state that certifies elections, and these ballots could have been brought to, uh, uh, you know, they were determined to be illegitimate ballots. They could have been uh, brought to the special court in Iowa that handles these election issues, and that's who should be making the determination for any irregularities. But the reason they skipped the courts was because they knew they would lose, and it goes back to their attorney's comments. The committee should use its full discretion to depart from Iowa law. If they were serious about uh, listening to the will of voters, they would have gone to the Iowa court. They would have addressed these ballots in the Iowa court under Iowa law. But they they declined to do that, and they declined to do that because they wanted it to go to a partisan political process and a power grab. I, I, I just can't believe how dangerous this is to the the country. And in light of everything Kevin McCarthy, that Democrats were saying about, I mean, very legitimate issues were brought up. You know, was the Pennsylvania Constitution ignored? I believe it was. Was there, mm-hmm. were there two varying standards in Georgia for signature verification and voter identification? Yeah, there was one standard for in-person voting, one standard if you voted by mail. Uh, were there very clear was there very clear statutory language in states like Michigan and Wisconsin uh, that prohibited uh, mail-in ballots? And did they circumvent those laws? And, and was that proven? Well, the chief justice of the Supreme Court of Wisconsin thinks so in a blistering dissent in that 4-3 decision. Uh, all these states now seem to be doing what Florida did after 2016, and, and they're looking to fix inadequacies in their elections. Uh do you believe Nancy Pelosi will be able to pull pull this coup off here? Because that's what it basically is going to end up being. Well, I'm telling you what, she's trying everything in her power to do it. Listen to what the opponent said. When she was asked, why didn't you go to the court? Because that's the appropriate place to go. She said she's taking it to the place where she can get the outcome of her desire. And well, she didn't pretty much that now because that's what she's about. That is what Nancy Pelosi told her. Bring it to us and we'll overturn it. Because every time, they thought they were going to win 15 seats, Sean. You know they lost 15 seats. I know you were a little bit of a nervous Nelly before the election because I spoke to you and I told you, no, it's going to be better (laughs) than you think. (laughs) You were were right, Sean. But the Uh, thing that we're here is... Well, but let me play Nancy Pelosi defending yeah. this decision. Congressman Marjorie Miller Weeks won a razor-close election, six votes. The votes were counted, recounted, certified by the state. But the House Administration Committee began a process this week that could lead to unseating the congresswoman. Okay. That has Republicans accusing you of hypocrisy, including Jim Jordan. He put out this tweet. Speaker Pelosi says she's open to unseating Republican Congresswoman Miller Meeks. Translation, you're only allowed to object to an election if you're a Democrat. 
Why investigate an election that was certified by the state? Well, it was six votes. There were six votes, and the, our candidate, Rita Hart, uh, the Democratic candidate, asked for this process to begin. What the committee did, the House Administration Committee, uh, was very narrow to take the process to the next step and see where it goes from there. It's an election of six votes out of 400,000 votes cast. This is not unique. This has happened maybe even when you were uh, in the Capitol uh, before, uh, when races had been closed, one side or the other saying, let's let's take it to the House, because even Justice Scalia agreed that the House has the authority to seat members, and therefore we can count the votes. Six votes out of 400,000 cast. Uh, for them uh, to call anybody hypocritical about elections when two-thirds of them in the House voted against accepting the presidency of Joe Biden is, well, it's just who they are. All right. So she's defending this. But you're right. Why didn't they go to the courts, Congressman McCarthy? Because they would lose in the courts. They already had a recount and lost. And no time was the congresswoman ever behind. The, The bipartisan election board said no. They knew if they went to the courts, they would lose. But if they go to the House, they have the control. They have the majority. They think they can write the rules. Pelosi thinks it's Pelosi's house, not the people's house. So they can win and they can do this. If they get 218 members. But my, yes. my understanding is that there are now a number of Democrats that are saying that they don't they won't go along with us. My count is nine. What is yours? Well, I don't trust that because we've only been away. Pelosi will come and twist their arms. I've heard these Democrats all the time before say they wouldn't vote to open the border. They wouldn't vote to raise the taxes. And they do it each and every time. So what we need, we need your listeners to call their Democrat members and tell them that this is wrong, not to vote to overturn this election. Yeah, unbelievable. Well, listen, if, is there anything people can do listening to this program to help uh, help you, Congresswoman? Uh, certainly, uh, as Kevin said, I've been really encouraged by people contacting uh, their uh, congressional leaders, letting them know, con- uh, contacting the members on the House Committee on Administration, uh, just contacting them, letting them know it's wrong, letting them know that state-certified elections should stand that state election laws matter, and that the people of a, uh, of a state are who elects their representatives, not members of Congress. So, it, you know, it, the precedent that this sets is horrible going forward. So, so yes, uh, you know, uh, the more that uh, Congress hears how wrong this is, and we already know the majority of people think that this is wrong, even uh, with Democrats. Democrats think that this process is wrong. I've had them reach out to me. Uh, so uh, the process is wrong. Elections matter. Election integrity, election, confidence in elections matter. And doing something like this, even um, all of our major newspapers in Iowa that had endorsed my opponent have come out against her saying that this process is wrong and it further erodes and undermines confidence in elections. Wow, that's pretty powerful. Congresswoman, we appreciate you uh, being with us. We're following this very closely. Congressman and uh, Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy, thank you for being with us, and I'm glad you're out there supporting this. Uh, Unbelievable times we live in. Unreal. All right, when we come back, I know a lot of you have been very, very patient here. We'll get to to your phone calls, 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of this uh, program. We have a great Hannity, 9 Eastern tonight on the Fox News Channel. Hope you'll join us. News you won't get from the media mob. I mean, between the higher taxes... The reckless spending, the absolute mayhem, chaos, catastrophe that is the new border policies of of 
the Biden-Harris administration uh, and everything else in between. Uh, I know a lot of you have just had it. It's time for all of us. I will say this. Everybody needs to stay involved. Now is the time because we cannot allow this to stay in place long or else I'm telling you, you won't, the country is becoming unrecognizable. Your call's next as we continue. All right, 25 till the top of the hour, 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program? It's fascinating. Before I get to your calls here, just to watch and to witness the dramatic change of somebody like Congresswoman Ocasio-Cortez. And, you know, now she's claiming that, oh, this is not a surge at the border. These are children. White supremacists are saying it's an invasion. This is like the new thing. Everything's white supremacy. If you want integrity in elections and voter ID, uh, oh, that must be racist. No, it's not. Because if you want to go see Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, uh, if you ever want to visit your congressman or woman, whoever's representing you, whoever, congresswoman, congressman, you need, vote, you need picture ID to get into the Capitol. If you want to ever go visit Joe, you need a picture ID to get into the White House. If you ever want to go to a DNC convention, you need a picture ID. This, but this is what Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is now saying about white supremacists. This is what's going on at the border. This is not a surge. These are children, and they are not insurgents. And we are not being invaded, which, by the way, is a white supremacist idea philosophy, the idea that if an other is coming in the population, that this is like an invasion of who we are. Now, let's compare that, what she's saying today, versus what she said when Donald Trump was the president about running concentration camps at the border. The United States is running concentration camps on our southern border, and that is exactly what they are. They are concentration camps. And um, if that doesn't bother you, I don't, I got, I like, we can have, okay, whatever. I want to talk to the people that are concerned enough with humanity to say that we should not, that never again means something. And that um, the fact that concentration camps are now an institutionalized practice in the home of the free is extraordinarily disturbing. Um, And we need to do something about it. This week, children, uh, immigrant children were moved to the same internment camps where the Japanese were held in, in in the earlier 20th century. And this is Um, This is not even about a crisis for, this is not just about the immigrant communities being held in concentration camps being a crisis. This is a crisis for ourselves. This is a crisis on if America will remain America uh, in its actual principles and values, or if we are losing to an authoritarian and fascist presidency. And so I think that that is, um, you know, I don't use those words lightly. I don't use those words to just throw bombs. Um, I use that word because that is what an administration that creates concentration camps is. Um, A presidency that creates 
concentration camps is fascist. And it's very difficult to say that. All right, such hypocrisy. You can't even make this up. 800-941-SEAN, our number. All right, let's get to our busy phones. Deanna is in Oregon. Deanna, hi. How are you? Thank you for being with us. Welcome to the program. Oh, thank you so much for taking my call, Sean. I really appreciate it. Thank you for calling. Um, I'm in Oregon. Uh, I call it liberal land out here. (laughs) I'm a retired Air Force uh, Master Sergeant. Wow. By the way, thank you for serving your country. That sounds exciting. It was. It was great. And I um, am proud to proud to have served. Um, and I'm also a mental health therapist. I have two teenagers. One's um, 16 and one's 13. They have been um, locked down in their rooms here in Oregon now uh, since last March. Um, they're going back to school one day a week. Um, they're not even doing Zoom anymore. They're just going one day a week. Uh, ah. My one son, though, is super athletic. They're both straight-A students. And so I'm watching all of this unfold, and I really don't think at this point this is a political issue having our kids um suffer through this at this point this is not a right left you know red blue issue this is um a mental health issue and to watch the kids in san diego be able to go to school while american kids are still locked in their room is just unconscionable well this is what america last looks like this is we've gone from america first to America last. And then we're getting lectured on how, quote, rich countries like the U.S. Um, uh, are not doing enough that we're selfishly vaccinating the people in the U.S. where, by the way, we we are the ones that created these vaccines under Operation Warp Speed and President Trump. Uh, we have to vaccinate the people of this country, but we'll do what we always do. We're going to share it with the world. We've already shared it with the world. We've already ordered doses for the world. 800 million doses. We don't have 800 million people here. So what do you think about them um, releasing? Okay, so we've locked on our kids. We went along with everything. You know, it it was uh, flattened the curve and and that turned, of course, to be, you know, into this March and now over a year of having these kids in there. And and then all of a sudden, you know, this, this surge at the border and and it's not a big deal anymore. Like, it's not a big deal that they're not vaccinated and they're being released all over the country. Like, there's one that that premise doesn't stand. Logically, no, it's a big right? deal because Joe on Monday lectured us about the need encouraging governors to for to stay with draconian shutdowns. He's yelling right. at Americans to wear their masks. You know, they're shaming people into getting logical. vaccinations, but they don't know anything about the health condition of the individual or or the privacy of a a doctor patient relationship there. There are some people that I know whose doctors said, no, it's not a good idea for you to get the vaccine based on your medical condition. That's not our, that's that, that is a, should be a personal decision. Absolutely. And so the, the, you know, the thought of, well, you know, even my kids are going, well, mom, it doesn't make any sense. We've been locked down, you know, for a year and they're letting these people come and they're not testing them and they're putting them on planes all over the country. Isn't that going to start this, this thing all over again? And you're, I'm you're, going, I don't you're have raising, for you. You're, listen, these are crazy times. Everybody now needs to understand this is just the beginning of the madness. That's why HR one SR one needs to be stopped. That's why the borders need to be secure. And that's why everybody needs to let your, 
your state representatives, your congressmen, your senators know that you're watching and you're going to be voting. Because otherwise, you know, this country will be unrecognizable if all of these stated policies are implemented. So we've got to stay in the battle. Deanna, thank you. Wish you the best. Thanks for serving your country. Don in California, the United Socialist Utopia of Gavin Newsom. What's up, sir? Oh, you couldn't have put it any better, Sean. Uh, first time, long time. You know the drill. Hey, I, I, the reason I'm calling is because um, it's about the message, not the messenger. But I'm, a, I'm a, currently a therapist working with first responders, and I used to be a cop for 10 years. And so I've been down the road. I've got the perspective. And the thing that I'm seeing is a very disturbing trend of, of police officers that don't want to do the job anymore because everything that they signed up for and every person I've talked about, you know, have this idealistic beginning of wanting to help people. And now it's like, I don't recognize this. The people that are contributing to this don't have any, don't have any clue what it is like to uh, wear the uniform. And ultimately it's, it's, it's scary, Sean, because ultimately it's going to lead to circumstances that nobody wants. And it, Listen, it, it and it's worse. I, I know people, you know, if, if you are, you said you're what, a therapist? What do you do for a living? Uh, I do. I'm a therapist. I, I, I work specifically with first responders and as right. a therapist. You see, what I'm seeing is, is that now with the defunding, for example, New York City, they defunded the police. We watched and witnessed all over the country, including New York, you know, cops being pelted with bricks and and rocks and bottles and Molotov cocktails and many, almost 3000 cops injured. And, uh, you know, how many people were killed over the summer and the riots that the media and the Democrats denied were actually riots. I'm telling you what they're doing. They're, the cops now are afraid to do their job. There are some cops, they're called to do what they do every day and risk their lives to protect and to serve. Now, are there some bad cops out there? Yes, there are, unfortunately. But I think it's like bad, you know, the, the hierarchy within the FBI under Comey. I, I always I made a distinction between him and a few others and the 99 percent of good people. Most cops are good people and they're doing a, a thankless job. And now they're doing it with less resources than ever before. And now they're even there's an open assault on them in New York City. I'll tell you right now. And I don't know what to tell them to do. They've got to protect themselves first, but they're afraid to do their job because they're not going to get the support of this this anti-police crowd that's out there. It's making it impossible for them to do their job. You're raising a good point. Jacqueline is next in New York. Thank you, uh, Don. Jacqueline, how are you? Hi, Sean. Um, I just wanted to comment on... Uh, By the way, the United Socialist Utopia of New York, too. It's... Pretty bad yeah. here. Exactly, which um, I, I wish I shared your optimism about voting and sending a, a clear message um, about, you know, we're going to fire the uh, politicians. But here in New York, you're in New York, um, I don't see that happening. I don't see um, it happening in New York either. I'm not talking about New York. There's a whole yeah. other world out there, Jacqueline. And you know what many of your fellow New Yorkers are doing and what we ought to be doing, too, is get the hell out of here. Yeah, unfortunately, that's that's what they've that's what it's come to, and that's what they've pushed us to. Yeah, um, that, that, that's was, the right word. This is what they've pushed us to. Yeah, it's sort of like Reagan used to say. I I used to be a Democrat. I didn't leave the Democratic Party. They left me. Mm-hmm. New York yeah. 
the New York I knew has left me. Yeah, exactly. Well, with King Cuomo and uh, Emperor de Blasio, that's no surprise. Um, and when I was listening to your program yesterday, and I heard the uh, remarks that King Cuomo made about the public being lied to about what happened with the nursing homes, both of my parents happened to have been in nursing homes during the oh, height no. of the pandemic. Oh, no, don't yeah. tell me. <clears throat> yep, and unfortunately, my father died. He was, um, And he got COVID in the no, nursing home. No, no, he did not. He had regular bacterial pneumonia. Um, but because they were so overwhelmed and so ill-prepared, um, they just dropped the ball on him and basically let him die. Um, so in other words, if, if they didn't have this executive order forcing nursing homes to take in these COVID patients, if they had used the, remember, 80% of those hospital beds that Trump built, manned, and provided PPE for and converted for COVID patients, so in other words, if they had gone there, there would be more resources to take care of the bacterial pneumonia of people like your father. Uh, that's my opinion, and, and that was... Well, I, no, I think it's probably a very accurate analysis. Yeah, that that was one of the points that I had wanted to, to make as well. Um, he uh, And also, if there wasn't the lockdown, if I was able to go into the nursing home to visit my father, who had a stroke that left him confused and not understanding what was going on around him, I was the only person that he trusted on the face of this earth after he had his stroke. Uh, and if I could have physically gone into the nursing home to speak with him and explain to him that he needed an IV put into his arm to keep him alive, he had become so severely dehydrated and malnourished. They waited three weeks before oh they gosh. told me that he was sick. Um, I've got to run, that. but I'm, I'm going to tell you, this is heartbreaking because this is your dad. You know, today's like the anniversary of the, it's been 25 years today since my father died. And, you know, I still think about him every day. You're basically saying that your dad could have lived longer. And I don't disagree with your analysis at all. And it's a shame. And all those families that lost moms and dads uh, because of this ridiculous executive order in New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Michigan, I, 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 my heart goes out to you. It's so sad to me because it was preventable. And unbelievable. And I, is anyone going to be held accountable? I, I doubt it. I, I'm, I'm so cynical now. I have no faith in the system anymore. I just don't. There's a dual justice system. You know, you spit on the sidewalk, you're conservative, you're going to jail for the rest of your life. Democrat, you'll get away with anything. We'll continue. All right, that's going to wrap things up for today. All right, Hannity tonight, 9 Eastern, full coverage of the unmitigated disaster at the border. Uh, the disaster in San Diego. We actually have a San Diego supervisor. Uh, the governor of uh, South Dakota, Christy Nome, will join us. Lara Logan has been phenomenal in her investigative work on the border. She and Steve Miller will weigh in. We have Ari Fleischer and Joe Concha, Reince Priebus, Dana Lash, and much more. Hannity, 9 Eastern, Fox News. We'll see you tonight, back here tomorrow. As always, thank you for being with us.